Welcome to Glide Chat, where we give you the rundown of all things service now. Let's talk about the now, right now. Welcome to this episode of Glide Chat. I'm Kali Alexander, technical trainer here at GlideFast. And I am flanked by some of the most brilliant minds in the ServiceNow community. And they also happen to be my coworkers. We are coming to you today because everyone that you see on the screen today has been honored by the ServiceNow ecosystem for their leadership, for their contribution to the community, and they have been awarded either rising star, such as myself, or developer or community MVP. So I want you to get to know a little bit about them. So we're going to go around our virtual room, and I'd like to start off with Sarah. Sarah, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us your name, what award you received, and your current role here at GlideFast. Hi there. I am Sarah Tolson. Uh, I'm an architect at GlideFast, and uh, this is my second year being selected as a ServiceNow developer MVP. I am right now shooting an air horn up in the sky for you, so I'm happy that you are here. I want to next go to Ryan. Tell us your name. Tell us, you know, the whole spiel. Tell us your name. Tell us your current role and also the award. And that'll be for everyone. Ryan, go ahead. Tell us about you. Hey, everybody. I'm Ryan Gillespie. I'm a technical architect here at GlideFast. And for the second year running, I am a ServiceNow developer rising star. Yes. Right on, right on. Uh, Adam, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Adam Chelly. I'm a service delivery manager and techni senior technical consultant at GlideFast, and I'm a developer MVP this year. Yay, congratulations. Congratulations. Uma, give us the spill. Tell us your name, tell us your current role, as well as the award you received from ServiceNow. Yep. Hello, everyone. My name is Uma Agrawal, and I'm working as a technical consultant in GlideFast. And I have received the Rising Star Award for the first time. So yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. And finally, but certainly not least, Michael, tell us about yourself. Hi, my name's Michael Jones. I'm an architect here at GlideFast, and this is my third consecutive year as a ServiceNow Community MVP. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Congra congratulations to all of you. And let's talk about, I'm really curious. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to know, how were you introduced to ServiceNow? I'm curious about what you were doing before ServiceNow and how you got here. So we'll go in that same order. Sarah, let's kick it off. My background is not IT at all. Um, the, the time I got introduced to ServiceNow, I was working in the city clerk's office in Daphne, Alabama, where I was living at the time. Um, and a, I was also doing uh, graphic design as an independent designer. Uh, and a friend of mine, this longtime veteran of the platform, showed me what this platform was capable of, especially to uh, build automations and better tools for my friends in state and local government. Uh, I got on board. I began working on the platform. Um, I really honed into Service Portal, both design and development, and just creating great, uh, great uh, end-user experiences via Service Portal on the platform. I, I love hearing that story because what I heard you say is that you had a graphic design background and 
now hearing that your role in service now includes service portal. So I can see how that graphic design background helped to inform your work now, because, you know, the word on the service now streets is that you are the queen of service portal. So we're really lucky to have you here at GlideFast. So congratulations to you. I'm, I'm happy to, to, to learn a little bit more about your journey. Uh, Ryan, you. tell us what's up. How did you get here? Uh, so I actually started out as an asset and configuration manager. So that was my introduction to ServiceNow. We tracked all of our assets and CIs in ServiceNow. And the opportunity came up to take the CSA course. And I met the person who was instructing the course. And we became friends. And they sort of just sucked me into all of this. And so here I am today. <laughs> you know, the thing is, you know, Ryan, Ryan is known for a, a huge personality. And so I'm not surprised that he was able to keep his ear to the ground and then, you know, finally make friends and then get, get kind of sucked into this ecosystem. You know, as you learn about each person in this virtual room, you'll understand that each of us come from a different perspective and a different background. Ryan, I just want to be clear, were you working for a customer at the time when you got uh, pulled into ServiceNow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we were tracking all of our company's assets and CIs. It was pretty cool. It was really, it was a lot of fun, actually. And that's sort of why I decided to keep going down that path as I just really enjoyed using the platform and seeing all the things that we could do. And, you know, at that time, we were building out like Ham Pro and Sam Pro ourselves. So to see where that's come today is also really neat. Right, right on. And we're going to I'm actually going to circle back to something that you just said a little bit later in this conversation. So thank you for sharing that. Adam, tell us how you got here. Yeah. So as you might guess from my background, I have a musical background and I was actually pursuing a graduate performance degree, um, a master's in double bass performance um, at the University of Maryland. I was also working at the IT help desk at the time. They started uh, the process of a ServiceNow implementation while I was there. Um, I had developed a few processes that we were using, and I was working with a partner to pull them out of the ancient footprints implementation that we were on and bring it up to ServiceNow. This was around 2015. Um, from there, moved to help desk at another organization, said, wow, this knowledge base could really use some help. Can I work on it? Uh, my manager at the time said, yeah, sure. Let's uh, get you a knowledge manager role. And that was kind of where I started looking under the hood with ServiceNow. And then from there, uh, kind of got into portals, um, mostly because that's what got put on my plate at another customer. And from now I'm at GlideFest. You've mentioned that you are also a musician and I can kind of hear it in your voice and, you know, your mic, your sound is just so beautiful. I'm curious about how you're able to intersect that artistic background with your work, current work here at GlideFast and on the ServiceNow platform. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I think the biggest skill that transfers between the two is problem solving. When you're practicing in the, you know, in the practice studio and you get to a passage and you're just like, how do I get my hand to do this? You mm. break it down into smaller pieces. What does breaking down a big problem into small pieces sound like? Agile development, story writing. So, um, and I actually have been on the side working on a practice management mobile app in my PDI. So there, that's the real intersection right there. 
I love hearing that. I know one of the things that I do is that when I feel overwhelmed by something, there's this East African quote that I say to myself, the way to eat the elephant is one bite at a time. And you remind me of that in speaking about your approach to agile development and the intersection between your artistic endeavors and your current work in service now. So thank you for sharing that. I want to go to Uma. Tell us how you got here. Hi. So my story is quite interesting, at least for me. (laughs) So uh, I started my career with Android development uh, back in 2010. At that time, to be honest, I was not even aware what ServiceNow is. And due to some location constraint, I I had to, you know, move back to my um, home base. There I was put into operations and support project. There I was first introduced with ServiceNow as an end user. So I was the one who was raising the incidents, change, you know, implementing the changes uh, and solving the problems. So from end user perspective, by that time as well, uh, I was I was loving this uh, tool, but then I was not aware that we can do customizations, we can create our own, own applications and all, all those things. And uh, in my, you know, one of the previous company, I get to know that we can do all those things. We can build our own applications and, uh, you know, it has uh, the this is capable of lot many things. And then I came to know like it has everything. You talk about ITOM, it's there. You talk about ITSM, it's it's there. I mean, GRC, whatever process you talk about in business, it's there on service now. So that's when I kind of fell in love with it. And I, you know, decided to explore it further. And uh, in the journey, uh, Robert Fedrick was the per- first person who helped me, uh, who you know made me uh, understood that uh, it's not it's not a tool, it's a kind of platform where we can build our own applications. And uh, yeah, then the chain uh, never you know kind of stopped after Robert. He he was the one who taught me service. Now initially the core functionalities. After that, I kept on learning from the different sources, like community was there, then the developer portal, those things helped me a lot. And Glidefast and Travis Tolson at Glidefast, he helped me a lot getting the CSA done. And Michael Lombardo, of course, who financed that cert, even when I was not employee of the Glidefast. So that's the culture of Glidefast I love. And yeah, that's the time. And after that, my own company gave me a break. Uh, I cleared the interview for internal job posting. And since then, I never looked back. And since then, I'm working as a ServiceNow developer. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like the thing where like ServiceNow, when you, when you like step your foot into ServiceNow, it just won't let you go. And then when you combine that with this culture, this amazing culture that we have at Glyfast, you feel like you're in a fully supported environment. One of the things that I heard in uh, in your story was the importance of mentors in leading and helping you to move through your career journey. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say these three people, uh, in terms of mentors, I've, I've got uh, the Duke, uh, Robert Pedrook. He was my first mentor. So I used to work during the day, uh, during my midnight. I used to attend the sessions to understand ServiceNow concepts. And then next day, I used to practice those things in my office. So, you know, along with work. So his mentorship has been like incredible. And then uh, after that, uh, I've got like many people. But yes, uh, Robert and Travis, these were two main pillars of my studies of service now, I would say. So yes, mentorship makes the things really easy, I would say. 
uh, if you get the mentorship, uh, you have somewhere to go, right? When you get stuck. So yeah, that has helped me a lot. And then yeah, community. I have asked not many questions uh, on community, so that has helped me a lot as well. So mentorship yeah. is is a bliss, I would say, if you get it. Sure, absolutely. And it's like the thing with mentorship is that now you're on the other side of that where because of your contributions to the community, you're now acknowledged by ServiceNow as being one of the leaders here. So this is a, a beautiful full circle story. So yay! Yeah, it's just a start. I mean, uh, I mean, just a start. So yeah, I would like to contribute more and more to the community. Absolutely, absolutely. So next, Michael, tell us how you got here. Absolutely. I had the, I guess, um, almost standard issue journey of starting with IT, um, started off at the service desk, worked my way through a ton of positions, doing just about everything, ended up being a developer and was um, supporting a bunch of service request portal applications. Believe it or not, you know, interesting history point, there used to be whole applications just dedicated to the service catalog. And then along came ServiceNow was working for a multi-service provider and suddenly they had a customer that needed um, some support with ServiceNow. They had no one that could even begin to touch the stuff. So they just tossed me in with an ID and a link to Wiki and said, go. Um, yeah. so <laughs> that's kind of been my, my journey ever since. Um, so I've just continued um, just being a shock trooper, getting dropped in wherever there was a, a big problem that needed to be solved or something difficult no one else could figure out and uh, worked for that company a good well, 20 years total, but uh, in service now for about six years. And then they decided to kind of take a different direction with their staffing. So I took a chance on a small company called CloudPires. Um, they accepted me, embraced the uh, eclectic talents that I brought to the table and um, set me loose on the ServiceNow platform and haven't looked back since. It's interesting how those voluntold experiences can make a world of difference in our career paths, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You talked about how you were, you're sort of like one of these, these folks who kind of can get dropped into a situation and just kind of figure it out. How has that, if you can give us a, a kind of a, a view, how has that served you well in your career in service now and at GlideFast? Well, definitely one of the big challenges with um, any ServiceNow implementation is when someone else has developed something and then a problem shows up and that person's been gone for two years, um, mm. having someone that can come in and actually, you know, tear the solution apart and figure out, um, you know, what went wrong, how to fix it, that sort of thing. Um, it's definitely been one of those uh, adventures, right? So having that kind of experience has definitely helped me as a developer because I, I tend to build towards the ideal of making sure that everything that I build should be understandable by the next person that comes along and it shouldn't be built off of, um, shall we say, duct tape and bailing wire. <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely. A, a good launching off point for your nickname, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your nickname, Michael. Uh, my nickname is the white hat gremlin. And that's um, sort of a, a joke because of the, the white hat piece. I'm a white hat hacker. I love to tear things apart to make them better which also ties in with being a gremlin, right? They like to tear things apart. Um, but also inspiration always strikes right around midnight. So you'd be working ah. on the problem for, a, you know, all day, all night, and then right around midnight, right when you're about to turn in the towel, that's when all of a sudden it all comes together and you're like, oh, I'm not sleeping tonight. Right, right. No, you're, you're not eating either. You're not allowed to eat after oh, midnight no. either. <laughs> no, that's a non-negotiable. Right. 
<laughs> you're not sleeping. You're not eating. Yes. <laughs> Each year, uh, actually a couple times a year, ServiceNow comes out with two updates. We're right on the horizon of the Utah update. And I'd like to know from each of you what you're most looking forward to in the Utah update. And we'll start, we're going to switch this up a little bit because I hate to put Sarah in the hot seat every single time. So Ryan, <laughs> what are you looking forward to in this Utah update? I thought maybe this was going to be like, uh, you know, an, an update set we could just skip. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, coming from the asset management space, I'm really looking forward to the asset maintenance stuff and the asset reclamation stuff. In my previous life, I built out so many reports and dashboards to get me some of that same data. And it wasn't as, as clean as I'm sure it will be in Utah with, with everything that they've built out. But I built out things like data certification tasks and reports and you know, scheduled jobs and all sorts of other stuff to piecemeal a lot of that functionality together. So to essentially save other people from having to do the same stuff, I'm really looking forward to what ServiceNow has done there because that, that's probably the one piece that was missing for a lot of us. And I'd like to see something tied in a little bit more with you know finance, but I think that'll come down the road as, as that stuff grows out because finance obviously has a, a big piece of that. So we'll see if maybe that's even part of this. I don't know yet, right? We haven't, haven't really seen, but I think that's really exciting for you, you asset geeks out there like myself. Yeah, Um the Utah release, and we, we have these, as I mentioned, two releases each year, and going through all of the updates, and I, if I understand correctly, it seems like the fall release has a little bit more robust offerings, but when I was looking through the release notes for Utah, I saw some interesting things, and one of the things that I thought that I was really like kind of excited about because of a part of benevolence, I guess, is that there is a flow to be able to donate your assets um, when they're no longer of service to your organization. So I think that's a pretty key feature as well, speaking of assets. But I want to know. Yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of people and a lot of businesses do do that. They'll donate them or, um, you know, they may have a uh, an ITAD vendor, let's say, that they'll turn equipment into. And as part of their agreement, the that particular vendor may put pieces and parts back together to make it functional equipment and sell that or donate that and working with your organization to do that sort of stuff. So, there, you know, you can make some money from assets. I'm just saying it's not just all burn, baby, burn. You're not just, you know, ripping off, ripping off the Benjamins. A hundred percent. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can make some money. <laughs> so next, Adam, tell us, what are you most looking forward to in the Utah release? Yeah, um, so I've been right now, I've been exploring the new theme builder that mm. uh, was just added for making the instance themes. If any of you have done that on san diego or tokyo you know it's a, a little bit complicated there's a lot of information presented in a not very user-friendly way theme builder is a much nicer way to set up your instance theming um, so i've been playing around with that um, there's some ui builder enhancements that i'm also looking forward to um, so yeah a lot of front-end stuff yeah front-end stuff you know it it makes you know the glitz the glamour of it all is in the front-end stuff yeah for sure Uma, what are you most looking forward to in the Utah update? Uh, to be honest, I've not gone through all the uh, release notes, but yes, I've, uh, I've seen a few things uh, and which has been my pain point when I was in operations was like, we used to get the tickets, operation tickets from across the globe. And they used to be in different languages. And we used to, you know, Google search and uh, to understand what's there and reply back. 
so i see this one feature called a uh, language detection so i hope mm. that will that will make the task easy for the people who are still in operations and working in the ticket so that's something more exciting for me because i've gone through that pain of you know uh, decoding the languages and replying back right i think about you know we're here at utah and perhaps like around september or so we'll get the the next release and i I'm kind of curious what they're going to name it. The only thing I can think of is Xanadu, but but I'm not sure. But but maybe we'll see more updates along the lines of what you're talking about um, in that update. So, Michael, what are you most looking forward to seeing, or are there are there things that you would like to see in this release or future releases? You know, every time I get asked that question about what I like to see, my mind always immediately goes blank. But you know, ten minutes from now, I'll have fifty things I could tell you I'd love to see. Um, so I would definitely echo things about um, the theme builder that I'm very excited about because one of the first things that every customer wants to see is they want to make that instance their own. Um, sure. So making and simplifying that process is great. Um, I'm also interested in some of the um, enhancements that they're making in the CSM and FSO space, um, sure. something that they're expanding that I'm kind of excited to see they've put into core CSM is uh, service definitions for specific case types. So that's something I'm, I think that, that's a great feature that a lot of people can take advantage of. Sure, absolutely. I think Theme Builder, the updates there are, are going to be quite popular. And that brings me to Sarah. Sarah, what are you most interested in seeing in this release? And what would you like to see in future releases? So Utah is bringing this dumb little feature that I absolutely love. It's the ability to group your favorites. It's nice. So your favorites list isn't just like this long list, but you can actually group and categorize them, um, especially in an instance where you're saving a lot of things or like in my PDI where I have a zillion different things going on. It is extremely helpful. And I just really appreciate it when ServiceNow takes the time to improve these little details, these little features that make our lives as both developers and power users easier. Um, so that for the Utah release and feature releases, um, I am really excited to see where ServiceNow takes uh, their tools for end user experiences. UI Builder is fantastic for building internal portals and things like that. Uh, but with more organizations using ServiceNow as an end user or even public facing platform, I'm really looking forward to see how ServiceNow tackles updating and replacing service portal in the future. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that as well. And I also appreciate what you said about those fine little details with their favorites, because as I go through, and I'm quite new to service now, I realize that my favorites list has like a bunch of different things. I'm like, now, wait a minute. Now, where is it? Where is it? But being able to group those things together can certainly make navigation a lot easier. And it also, your brain also appreciates that organization as well. So and that's that's a pretty cool uh, update. And I'm glad that you you brought that up. Finally, I want to ask you all if you have a final thought that you would like to share with us and where can people find you on social? And this time I want to start it off with Adam. Yeah, so I think my um, parting thought is get out there, talk to others, uh, especially outside of your organization. I think there's a lot of value in connecting with people in the community. We have three people here four people here representing community MVP rising star. And, um, so whether that's the official service now community forum, the sndevs.com slack, all the other places, there's LinkedIn groups, um, just go out there and meet people, uh, talk to them. None of the problems you run into are as unique as you think they are. Somebody's probably solved it already. You just need to find them. Um, and if you want to, 
talk to me. Um, sndevs.com Slack is the best place, but I also have a link tree. Um, it is linktree slash Wizzo Floyd, W-I-Z-0-F-L-O-Y-D. Uh, all of my socials are on there. I, I giggle a little bit only because if any of you out there in the ServiceNow Slack community has been wondering who is Wizzo Floyd, we have him right here in Adam Selly. <laughs> He's right here before us. I thank you for your contribution to the community, by the way. I want to next ask Uma, do you have any final thoughts for us and where can people find you on social? Uh, yeah, I would say I would like to second what Adam said. First of all, like keep asking and uh, yeah, your problem is not unique. Uh, so I would say community is a great place to collaborate. So ask as many questions as you can and uh, answer as many questions as you can. That helps uh, at the end. And uh, about where I can be found, I am on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Uma.agrawal, uh, you can find me there. You can find her on Facebook and LinkedIn, and we'll certainly leave everyone's um, social handles in the description for this video. And let's skip over to Michael. Michael, do you have any final thoughts for us, and where can people find you? Sure. Um, so I would definitely echo the sentiment that community is, is a great place to participate. Um, I found that helping others is one of the best ways for me to improve myself because Looking at the problems other people are having has helped prepare me for things that I've run into in, in out in the wild and in the real world that I never would have thought of. Um, so it's a great place to learn, and both uh, you know for yourself and to to help others. Um, I can be found definitely out on community um, and on LinkedIn. One of the things that you said that it reminds me that one of my mentors and you mentioned him too, Uma Robert Fedorik. He said when you're learning service now or you just kind of want to stay abreast of what's going on is every day just spend five minutes reading some of the posts in the community. Um, you'll start to understand like what's going on in the community, what's going on in the platform, and then you'll start to discover that you can start answering those questions. So I'm thinking a lot about what you just said, Michael, and kind of tying it with what Uma offered as well. I want to next go to Sarah. What about you? Where can people find you and do you have any final thoughts for us? I am on LinkedIn and the SNW Slack. Um, I also add content to my blog at portalorum.com, uh, which focuses on design and development of Service Portal. Uh, my goal there is to teach uh, developers on the platform that design is not scary, it's not magical, and that we are all more than capable of learning it as a skill. Um, as for final thoughts, uh, I want to encourage everyone out there in ServiceNow land, um, no matter where you are or what background you come from, to remember that your experiences are valuable additions to your work on this platform. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, development is not my first career. Um, my public administration and design. Uh, don't be afraid to embrace this community and sharpen your skills and contribute your unique perspective to this platform's ecosystem. Thank you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And finally, Ryan. Tell us your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, no matter where you go, there you are. If you ain't first or last, um, no. <laughs> um, seriously, the, the community is a great place to learn and grow, as others have said. A lot of what I have learned today, I've gotten from the community, and I try my best to give back. I think Michael was alluding to, you know, there, 
there's a lot of stuff that's going on out there and it's, it's helpful for you to look at some of the issues other people are having so that you can learn and grow from those. Uh, you know, hopefully somebody has a solution. Um, but there's stuff that's out there from even, gosh, I found something from like seven years ago that it's, I could, I could still use that same solution today. So the community is a great place to, to, to learn things and find information. And, and I highly encourage people to participate out there. Google is most certainly your best friend otherwise, because there is so much content out there from so many different resources um, that if you were to Google, you know, like ServiceNow Discovery, you might find a really great ServiceNow, you know, like YouTube channel from somebody like us that's creating that sort of content. Um, but you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn as Lord Ryan Gillespie. I'm on Twitter as uh, the man, the myth, the legend. And I'm on YouTube as the man, the myth, the legend. And uh, Uma and I are going to be best friends on Facebook. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan. You know, one you said do your Googles when you're looking for uh, for some of your answers, and certainly, yeah. absolutely use the search function in the community. You'll be amazed. The question I believe that Adam I think may have said, like the the issue or the question you may have may not be as unique as you think. If you just get in there and do your Googles or go into the community and do a search, you'll be amazed that you can find, you know, a number of solutions to the problem you may be facing. One of the things that I wanted to end our episode with today is that the importance of mentorship, the importance of community, and I'm one of the type of people that I teach to learn, and that's something that I was able to, to figure out in my former life as a, as a school teacher, is that whenever I taught students a new concept, their first thing that they needed to do was to teach it to their next door neighbor. Because when you do that, you kind of feel responsible for that person and it firms up your own knowledge. So I just want to say that I am so proud to be flanked by you all. I'm so proud to be working with you and to be among you in the leadership, in the MVPs and rising stars. So Thank you for participating and for everyone out there, stay curious and let's go. Do you have a topic in mind that you'd like to discuss? Reach out to us at glidefast.com and subscribe to our podcast for new episodes. Thanks for listening.